the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thank you for joining us today for On the Road with Jesus, hosted by Rhody Fisher. As a Christian mom for over 40 years and a teacher of the Bible in public schools for 25 years, Rhody will take you on a journey with some of her friends as they share their experiences and testimonies from their walk with Christ. You'll see that you are not alone in your search for God, your victories with Him, or your failures. Welcome to On the Road with Jesus. Now, here's your host, Rhody Fisher. Thank you, listeners, for joining us. Let's pray. Father, we just come to you, Lord, with open hearts, open ears, open eyes, Lord, for you to lead us and guide us today. We thank you, Lord, for joining us here and blessing us today, and we bless you back. In Jesus' Mm name, amen. Okay, listeners, we are in Psalm 88 today, and here's a psalm that is um, really a heart's cry. He is in a really down kind of place, which I know that sometimes a lot of us are, but he starts out with um, this, he he starts out letting God know where he is, but he's he really is crying out to God, and a lot of times when we're in this down position, we we don't really recognize that God is there. And this is the time to really call out to him. And he is fervently asking God right here, which um, reminds me of that Psalm. I mean, that scripture that says the fervent prayer of a righteous man. Mm -hmm. This is the fervent prayer of this, um, uh, of, of this, um, person crying out for God. It's really um, one of the the sons of Korah. And I I, I mentioned before that I thought that Korah was kind of done with at the beginning, um, right after after Moses was coming down from the hill, he realized that getting the Ten Commandments, he realized that this golden calf was there. And um, many of Korah's sons died, but apparently not all of them, because they're they're still um, in the worship band here. So this is their cry out to God. O Lord, God of my salvation, I have cried day and night before thee. Let my prayer come before thee. Incline thy ear unto my cry. Have you ever been there? Listen, God, hear my cry. This is what they're saying. For my soul is full of troubles, and my life draweth nigh unto the grave. I am counted with them that go down into the pit. I am as a man that hath no strength, free among the dead, like the slain that lie in the grave, whom thou rememberest no more, and they are cut off from thy hand. Thou hast lain me in the lowest pit, in the darkness, in the deeps. Thy wrath lieth hard upon me, and thou hast afflicted me with all thy thy ways, waves like a wave in the ocean. Selah, thou hast put away my acquaintance far from me. Thou hast made an an abominable, I'm sorry. Thou hast made, thou hast put away mine acquaintance far from me. Thou hast made me an abomination unto them. I am shut up and I cannot come forth. My eye mourneth by reason of affliction. Lord, I call daily upon thee. I have stretched out my hands unto thee. Wilt thou show us wonders to the dead? Shall the dead arise, praise and praise thee? Selah. Shall thy loving kindness be declared in the grave or thy faithfulness in destruction? Shall thy wonders be known in the dark and thy righteousness in the land of the forgetfulness? But unto thee I have cried, O Lord, and in the morning shall my prayer prevent thee. Lord, why castest thou off my soul? Why hidest thou thy face from me? I am afflicted and ready to die. 
from thy mouth up, I'm sorry, from my youth up. While I suffer thy terrors, I am distracted. Thy fierce wrath goeth before me. Thy terrors have cut me off. They came round about me daily like water. They compass me about together. Lover and friend has cast, has thou put far from me and my acquaintance in into darkness. Wow. Thank you for your word, Lord. I don't think it can get this much darker for any one person. And he is just feeling the depths of darkness right now. And he's asking Lord to please hear it. And I know that sometimes we have felt that way too. And we just need to keep asking, Lord, do you see me? Do you hear me? Of course he does. He hasn't forgotten us, but keep asking. That's the fervent prayer of a righteous man. It availeth much. Anyway, thank you, God, for your word. This morning, I would like to introduce our guest to you. Now, gosh, Pastor Rolf, I can't remember how long it's been, but I know it's been at least 15 years since I met you and uh, and your wife. And um, later on, I met Amani. And uh, and I, I came to your home, and you served us a lovely dinner. And that was maybe maybe 12 years ago, but I know I met you even before that. Yes. So, Pastor Rauf, could you pronounce your last name for us so that I don't mispronounce it? Yes, uh, pronounce it Girgis. Girgis. Yes. Okay. It's different than spelling, actually. The spelling is really different, too. Yes. It's... Well, welcome, and it's good to see you again. I know mm-hmm. I saw you about a month ago yes. um, at Pastor George's event, mm-hmm. and um, welcome. To the show on the road with Jesus. Uh, For our guests or for our listeners who haven't heard you before or don't know you, could you give us a little bit about your background so we know where you came from um, and how you grew up? Yes. Okay. Uh, I am born in Cairo, in Egypt. Yes. And uh, with a family of five, I have uh, another brother and sister. Yes. And we raised in, in Cairo. And uh, my father was a government uh, employee. Really? Yes. And he was a high rank. And uh, my mother was a housewife. Uh-huh. And uh, this is, at that time, it's a, it's more uh, common that the wife stay home uh-huh. and take the kids to, to schools and study with them in the evening and tutor them and help them. Uh, for their homework and all that. that yeah. That's, she was a housewife. And um, actually, I raised uh, uh, in the Coptic church. Uh, was uh, 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 very devoted to the church. But the family was mild Christians. So they don't go to church only on occasions. So your family didn't go every single Sunday. No. They might go maybe on holidays, Christmas, Easter, on on high holy days kind of thing, right? Yes. Okay, um, and just for the viewers, mm-hmm. I want them to understand what the Coptic Church is. It's more of a, a traditional church. Is that right? Yes. Okay. It is a traditional church, and uh, it's founded by St. Mark the writer of the second gospel mm-hmm. that was around maybe uh, 65 to 68 AD mm-hmm. uh, when he started uh, uh, evangelizing and he started from Libya, Cairo, to Alexandria mm-hmm. where he started to evangelize. And in they say the history in almost 100 years, all Egypt or the majority of, of the Egyptians became Christians, Coptic Christians. And that was after St. Mark, the writer of the second gospel, went there and evangelized the Egyptians. Yes. Because we know that prior to that, they were worshiping pagan gods. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Yes. So it's become a very um, traditional, very organized, very um, strict, lots of rules kind of a church. Yes, it's very, very strict and Rigid. very orthodox. Yes. And they keep the faith and uh, they recognize everything uh, uh, biblical for mm-hmm. sure. Uh, the only thing that 
make them a little bit different is uh, they uh, highly uh, recognize the saints. And so like the Holy Mary, um, Mary Virgin Mary for sure, it's number one. And many, many um, uh, saints uh, from the tradition, they recognize them. Paul. Yeah. Everyone. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. So, so you come back from a very um, old, but um, traditional with now way more rules than they had when when Mark was there um, right. evangelizing. So your your family um, knew God in a mild way. Yes, and they are really very uh, simple in their faith. And I remember just a few things that happens. Uh, we are surrounded with Muslims mm-hmm. all around. Mm-hmm. So I remember when I was like maybe uh, six, seven years old, approached with a Muslim, uh, another uh, mate in the class, and he told me that you worship three gods. See, how they teach them that. And our family never help us to understand what is it. So I was stunned and I wasn't able to... Converse with him, yes. yes. And I, I, I really, uh, I was ashamed. I don't know what to do. And when I get home, I tell my father and mother about this, you know, uh, happening in the, in the school. And they said, oh, no, 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 no. We don't worship three gods. But they didn't give me an answer for that. And I don't know where to go. I am very young. And I have met, uh, I am not prepared to answer. And that is the weakness of the church. Mm-hmm. They didn't teach, uh, 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 you know, the, 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 their followers or, you know, how to defend the faith. Because defend it's, the a, faith, yeah, yes. it's a very critical when you surround those Muslims. Exactly. And, and the Bible the, says, study mm-hmm. and show yourself approved. I mean, I know it. I know that um, we like to read the Bible, which is good. Mm-hmm. But the Bible doesn't say go ahead and read the Bible every day. It says study and show yourself approved. God wants us in this book for right, a reason, right? So that we can defend the faith. But go ahead and explain yourself. The, what did you do? You know, it's it's all the church fault. That's what I say now, and I will keep saying it because till now they don't defend the faith. They think they, they should be persecuted and killed, and that's it. But you are surrounded with people who need Christ. Mm-hmm. And there is a lot of them, they know how to defend the faith, but they didn't impose it to the people. So that is wrong, because yes. we are here to present Jesus. Right, share the Christ. World. Yes. Yes, because if we care about them, we need them to be saved. Right. And, and this is the first uh, uh, purpose of the church. To share the gospel, educate the people. And I was really in trouble all the first years of my school years. Because you couldn't defend the faith. I couldn't defend the faith. And they always approached me. Mm-hmm. So what do and you there do? Is no, the, as I could remember, my father went to the, the principal and talked to him. And uh, he, you know, he told the, the teachers, uh, not to get involved in this kind of conversation. But it wasn't, you know... It wasn't enough. It wasn't enough. Yeah, you needed to know what you believed Yeah, in. because I'm with you know, my mates all the time. I should be able to converse with them and, you know... But they always attack me. Mm-hmm. And that is make me really nervous. And it was in my, my heart to study later on and know how to defend myself. Okay, so tell us about that studying. What age were you when you begin to study and de- de- decide that you can do this on your own? Okay, it's, it's, it's a process. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember when on my last uh, senior high school and early uh, freshman at, at uh, university, I have been approached with some uh, devoted Coptics. And as a tradition of the Coptic Church, we used to be uh, uh, going to church regularly, uh, attend the uh, youth meetings, and go to the monastery. Mm-hmm. So there is a closed monastery we used to go to. So this is what I learned: is that uh, I was, you know, uh, approached with uh, with uh, monks there, and I see them and their life. And uh, when I wanted to 
to give my life to Jesus completely, then I said, okay, just leave the whole world and go to the monastery mm -hmm. and become a monk. And you see, and that is not what really uh, Jesus wanted from us to do, to be isolated uh, in the desert or in, in a building just to worship the Lord. But we should be able more to share the faith. Uh, so uh, after that, I, I would say there is uh, two times I I uh, I get in contact with Jesus. Uh, first time when I wrongly I think uh, give myself to Jesus. I went to the monastery and in closed doors, uh, spend all my time uh, to pray and fasting. Uh, just for my own righteous thing. I became a priest there, and then in the isolation of the, the desert, and uh, I have only the Bible with me, and I started to read the Bible, and that opened my eyes completely to different area in the faith. The first thing, when I, I start to, uh, to read the book of Hebrew, and they talk about the priesthood, the priesthood, the uh, uh, of the believers, and that make me start to think and ask questions. And then when I approach somebody in the Coptic Church to uh, explain things to me, which they really don't uh, have a good answer that satisfy me, because they believe in the priesthood and uh, um, oh, not the whole uh, believers. So. I get stuck, and uh, and uh, through my my life, I met some people whom approached me, and uh, uh, with the real uh, belief of the Bible, and then I share them my 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 you know my what's on my heart, and they explain to me what a priesthood means of believers. Then I baptized, and now I know I'm born again, mm -hmm. and then I. Uh, get married after that. Uh, the story of my marriage is, is, is different, different completely, and uh, the time will not help me to share uh, my wife's story. My wife is an ex-Muslim, and uh, I so met... you marry an ex-Muslim. Yes, even and... after knowing that you were a Christian. Yes, and you went ahead and married an, uh, a Muslim. Yes, she was she was walking as a Muslim when you married her. No, she was ex-Muslim. She oh, left she Islam, was an okay. and she was devoted herself to the to the Lord, mm -hmm. and uh, she was a good believer, and she helped me on my faith and my, you know, uh, she was before me uh, uh, um, on that road after she left Islam and see the love of Jesus, and uh, she she was very hungry for the word, and she used to go to meetings everywhere. So many questions uh, uh, I stumble with, she will be able to help me to answer them or guide me to where to find the answer. So she, yeah, she was like, yes. And, and both, we make a good team. And, uh, yes. and then, but, uh, so anyway, so after that, uh, one of our friends, her, her name is Mindy, and she said, oh, now you are, uh, uh, have a good background. Why don't you go to higher study and study postgraduate schools? So I went and I studied at Hope International University in Fullerton, California, and get my uh, my uh, master degree. And through that, I have good uh, relationship with my professors there. One of them encouraged me to start plant a church. I said, "Oh, not now!" I said, "No, no, no! You can start now while you are studying." So. It was really uh, good. And then uh, when we study church growth and planting a church, there is a method to do that. So uh, I tried, and we start a Bible study, in home Bible study in different homes, and to form a group. Uh, and then uh, uh, after that, we have a celebration gathering. The, the school, uh, Hope International, they give us a room. And uh, we started our first meeting. And that meeting attendance was over 80 people. 
the first meeting. And that was really encouraging us. So a church, a sister church close to the school, it's a big church, Eastside Christian Church. And they heard about the meeting and every day. And they said, okay, uh, we'll give you a place here. And start supporting us to start the, the church there. Then we start the church. So our church was uh, planted and then we have... Uh, Pastor we, Rauf, what, yes. what year was that? That was 1987. Wow, long, yes. that long ago. Yes. Beautiful. Yes. That's great. Yeah. And the thing is, uh, uh, we have a full service. We have... Uh, a Sunday morning service in Arabic. We started uh, uh, a Bible study, home Bible study. We keep three, three home Bible study, three days. And uh, one day uh, uh, prayer, one day. So all that I'm studying still. It was 24 lots, hour. Yes. Lots of work. Yes. Lots, lots of, of work. work to get through school. So how many years of school do you have before you um, can just do the church by itself without school. Uh, you mean uh, a graduate four-year college, and I would say maybe three more years, four more years. Four more, yeah. Four oh wow! Years, yes, <clears throat> and that I get fascinated with the way I study and the researches and study Greek. So it was on my heart to share all this information with people, mm -hmm. and also in my heart was to give this opportunity to others in ministry, other pastors, Arabic-speaking pastors and, and servants of the Lord to get this chance because I thought it's really an, a big door uh, to open our minds so we'll be able to be more equipped to reach the people, mm -hmm. especially uh, Muslims. Mm -hmm. The first two years of my marriage, it was on my heart to start serving Muslims. And my wife said, I'm not ready. Some fear, she told me, I'm still fearful from my background because, you know, Islam, how it is. Yeah, so, they, they yeah. can torture you or I, kill you. Yes. So I told her, just <clears throat> let us slow down and pray about it. And we keep praying every day, every single day. On our prayer, daily prayer, we pray for Muslim evangelism. And after two years, one day, we just finished prayer. And she said, you know what? Now I'm ready. To go wow. to my people. That's great. Yes. And that was really uh, amazing to me and, and encouraging to me because it was on my heart. Yeah. I have, I consider myself three, three, three quarter Muslim because my wife, my, my stepdaughter and my sister-in-law and her husband, they are all ex-Muslims. I'm only, <laughs> only born a Christian. Yeah. Born, yeah. born from Christian family. Wow. So. I learned a lot from them, and that's what happened to start uh, uh, helping and sharing Christ with Muslims in that's, different occasions. <clears throat> so do you do you have an outreach to Muslims at the time? How do you decide to, you know, share with Muslims? Do you have friends that you're sharing with, or, or do you specifically go to the mosque and share um, Christ with others? How, how do you decide to do this outreach? Okay, uh, I can go back a little bit. In my life in Egypt, all my neighbors, most of them are Muslims. 99 of my friends were Muslims. And the church did not encourage us to share the gospel with them. Mm -hmm. Keep it in your heart. Keep the friendship with them. And show them Christ by your actions, which is not very effective. So I, I did not share much when, on my, my life in Egypt, but it was in my heart. But they didn't encourage me. They didn't give me the tools to share. And also, they, they encourage us not to be a friend with them, not to share the gospel to save them. So there was conflicts between fear. Contradiction, yeah. Yeah, yeah contradiction. Uh, fear, some fear to lose them. Mm -hmm. Because if I confronted them or I tell them about Jesus, that will, you know, offend them. That's what they tell us. It's not, the, it's not real. So then how do you begin to witness to your Muslim friends? It, it came here. I went, we saw the church and all our congregation uh, know for, for sure my wife was an ex-Muslim and she shared her testimony with them and she encouraged them. And then we start to get books 
to attend uh, uh, any um, meetings that help us to be equipped and know more. And uh, when uh, uh, we went one, one time to purchase books, and uh, Pastor George has uh, a, a bookstore, a bookstore, and we met there. And uh, he met my wife, and uh, we talked, and we have a lot of books. We so we purchased some, and we started our relationship. So any event he has, or we share the gospel. And that time, I think uh, I remember maybe they were have some connection with uh, Korean uh, congregation, Korean pastors. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. and they come to the ministry uh, or to the bookstore to uh, to help with their. Uh, uh, acupuncture mm-hmm. to help the Muslim and pray with them. So we started praying also, and that uh, expand our ministry. Then also we share other church. I encourage other churches in the area, uh, Arabic church, to go together and form groups and go and uh, we give materials in front of the mosques. the mosques and in front of the Arabic stores. We give them material, uh, the DVDs and, and the materials. Well, let me just explain one thing to you okay. or to the audience, because uh, you mentioned the um, the Korean um, doctors. Yes. Uh, George Saik had partnered with um, a lot of Christian acupuncture doctors that were Korean, mm-hmm. and they would offer free acupuncture to anybody um, that wanted to come for mm-hmm. free acupuncture. And then the... As they were getting their free acupuncture, the, the if they were Muslims, and a lot of them were because we targeted, uh, I shouldn't say targeted, mm-hmm. we would we would offer this to a lot of the Muslim people. Right. And they would come to get their free acupuncture, and they would pray over them, and they would say to the, them that you can pray your own way to for healing, and but the the um, the acupuncture doctors would pray over them, and then we would all hand them some material while they were getting uh, their free acupuncture. Right. And so that's that's what you're alluding to about the acupuncture doctors that were coming yes. to um, mm-hmm. with George's ministry. Yes. But <clears throat> that was a great outreach there. Yes. So yes. you begin to grow. We begin to grow. And, uh, and uh, you know, in my, my life after that, um, I became more interested also in... Uh, teaching people and helping also other ministries to teach them Arabic because that's an open door for evangelism. If you share an Arabic word from non-Arab person, non-Middle Eastern person, uh, like Americans, if they say any words in Arabic to somebody, they will pay attention to the person. How do you learn Arabic? So they start a conversation Mm -hmm. and then they have a friendship, and then it leads to sharing the gospel. It was a good tool, a good method, good method too. Well, yes, we all, <clears throat> excuse me, we all began to learn different Arabic words so that if we're passing somebody that is either in hijab or, mm-hmm. you know, or, or dressed in their Arabic clothes, we would at least greet them with salam alaikum and right. let them know that we wanted to bless them. Right. And, and they always are very um, engaging. And the other thing is, um, I I don't like to say this as a, 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 you know, I don't. As a whole, Muslim people are very friendly. I know that there's unfriendly Muslims and, you know, some that are even terrorists. But as a whole, the majority of the Muslims are very, very friendly and will engage you in conversation if you talk to them. And also... They're very hospitable. They want to be friends with you, and they will invite you over for tea the minute you start talking to them. I remember um, years ago when uh, we first, I'm going to say over 15 years ago, when we first went to the, the mosque here in, um, in Corona, and I've, we've been to that mosque maybe over eight times now. Mm-hmm. But um, when we first handed out tracts and things to the Muslims there, I remember one Muslim gentleman invited my husband and I over for tea that day, mm-hmm. wanted us to go. So there's <clears throat> there's always, um, they're very friendly. They, they're hospitable. They're, they're, 
That's the nature of being a Middle Eastern, I think. Yes, it's true. Yeah. I mean, it, maybe it's more than just being a Muslim. Maybe all Middle Easterns are that way because they want to have you over. Like when I first met you, we you had us over for dinner. Um, I was surprised. And it was a huge dinner. You guys made so much food. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you remember that. It was, it was um, I know it was about 12 years ago, but it was, it was, all Egyptian type food. Mm-hmm. I remember that soup that was made. It was, I think there was spinach in it. That was one of the best soups I've ever had. And every meal, every dish was even better. Mm-hmm. Um, it was lovely. Thank you for the, that invitation. If I haven't, <laughs> yeah. if I haven't I thanked you already, it was really great. Yes. So uh, the, the the main thing is that ministry, it got to be number one in, in every Christian born again because sharing the gospel and sharing Christ and the love of God that will fill the whole world with love. Mm-hmm. See where we are now. We are lacking love. Mm-hmm. But knowing Jesus, know how he loves us, mm-hmm. so we love our neighbors, mm-hmm. ourselves even, right. because he loved us. Right. Well, even it does died, say, I will say that. Yes. It does say to go out into all the world. Right. He, he you know, and 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 actually, today we can actually go into all the world with internet and things like that. There's a lot of places that you can get online and preach the gospel to those right. that are hungry. Yes, and now because of the media and uh, you know there is no borders, right, to prevent the gospel to reach anybody. So it's opportunity now for us. It's a big one, and there is many ways. To share Christ, right? It's, it, it's not to threaten people, but to show them the love of Christ. This is what I I wanted to do, actually, and I encourage some groups uh, in our church to change the 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 uh, the track styles of going to hell and all that. People don't want to get afraid. Don't people don't want somebody to point to them and you are not a believer. Yeah, showing the love of Christ is much, much better. For a while there, I think that um, there was a lot of hellfire and brimstone messages that were given. Yes, and and getting people to come to Christ out of fear, but the opposite of fear is faith. You know, if we mm-hmm. don't, if if we're not, and and it says in the Bible that everyone has a measure of faith, mm-hmm. um, and it says faith cometh by hearing hearing by the word of God. So to stay in the word will increase your faith. Mm -hmm. Um, And so to, to share the gospel with love is, is I think the way that Jesus came to us. He loved us so much Mm -hmm. for God. So loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He came with a love message. Right. Actually, fear is the opposite of love. Mm -hmm. Any relationship has a fear of something. Fear of losing the partner, fearing of losing thing, is not going to stand firm. Mm-hmm. But love is a good connection. People nowadays they don't want to hear hell or whatever. They came. This message is gonna keep them away from hearing the love of the gospel. So better to show them how God loved them, not He's going to punish mm-hmm. them. No. And it's kind of interesting because the Muslims have 99 different names for God. Right. And not one of them equals love. Yes, they don't have that, yeah. And so presenting God in a loving way is is a really nice way of giving the message to yes. the Muslims. Mm-hmm. And by by showing up at the mosque um, in a loving way mm-hmm. um, with tracts or, you know, uh, books of the Bible, um, and, and and allowing them to have it with love is a is a really good way to give the message of God. Yes, it's a better way. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is nothing better than love because it's it's a connection. Love is a good connection, not the fear. Right. People don't want to listen anymore to the to the Ten Commandments. They hate it. Mm-hmm. But now, if you tell them, you can repent anytime. Right. Nobody can keep them. That's why Jesus came. Right. 
every single person before Jesus could not keep them, even even the the prophets of the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. So only love. Yeah, uh, he is leading the person. Now, and, go ahead. Yeah, one more thing I always think about that huge and loving God who created the people. He want to destroy them. It's not, and he's not the person that could point every person and tell them, oh, you didn't pray today, you didn't read the Bible, you didn't fast. We limited him. He's not doing this at all. Mm -hmm. God loves people, and he wants them all. Mm -hmm. He's not going to punish them. Yeah, the Bible that says way. that God wants none to perish. Right. No, not mm -hmm. one. Mm -hmm. I mean, unfortunately, people do perish for lack of knowledge or, you know, not coming to Christ as their Savior, but um, he wants none to perish. He spilt his blood for the whole world. Mm -hmm. So now your um, your church is growing. You're doing outreaches to Muslims. Now, do you go back to Egypt to share Christ with your your friends that were Muslims back there, or did you ever, did you ever go back? Yes. Okay. In the nineties mm -hmm. uh, and early uh, two thousand, maybe. For, 2001, we used to go every other year, or some every year. We get a group of people, we go, and we we have a lot of friends there. We start with Bible studies in some of them, encourage them, and give them material. There is actually one of our neighbors. In Egypt? In Egypt. Okay. It's a close neighbor to us. When she saw the, the quantity of Bibles we carry, she said, can I have one? And we gave her one, and she converted. Wow, that's the, interesting. Just to giving the Bible to somebody, they ask for. That's and, the love of God. Yes. Yeah. And 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 somebody else also, uh, a taxi driver will give him a Bible. He was asked for it. What is it? And we, oh, this is a Bible. I never have a Bible. Can I have one? Okay. Tell him you ask for it. Take it. So you have to do something so the people can really respond. Mm -hmm. So we did. We did have, we visited families. You know, as I told you, we have, uh, I am, my wife has a Muslim families. They are not converted. We visited them and we share with them Jesus. We left the Bibles to them and uh, you never know what happened, but we always do that. So all the families, extended families, the Muslim ones, we share the gospel with them mm -hmm. and we answer their questions in love. Mm -hmm. We eat there and we share the gospel with them and we and we prayed also for, for sick people in the family, the Muslim family, the part of the Muslim family. So they trusted the prayer. They trusted Jesus because it's known in the Quran that Isa, he is a healer. Mm -hmm. None in the Quran of the life of Muhammad of any, say he is healing anybody. Mm -hmm. Only the healing of Jesus Christ. So they believe us. They believe Jesus. So we pray for them because many people have problems, uh, uh, sick people. So we used to pray for them. And they love that. And they feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. And the Lord healed them. I love the scripture that says the work that, the work that God has begun in mm -hmm. us. Mm -hmm. And any one of these people that you witness to. He'll be faithful to complete it. Um, we yeah. may not see the finished work of God as we walk away mm -hmm. after sharing Christ with them or giving them a Bible. Sometimes we get to see the finished work that they've accepted Jesus as their Savior. But the Bible says that the work that he's begun, he'll be faithful to complete it. Right. And and so that's that's all we have to do is continue to share Christ and show the love of God. Mm -hmm. And then he'll, in, in his good time, he'll be faithful to complete it. We have to just hang on to those words. Yes. And like I said before, he wants none to perish, no, not one. We know that some mm -hmm. people will, but he would like everyone to come to know Christ as his Savior. Right. Uh, one more thing happening. It was really a good opportunity for us when COVID-19 came mm -hmm. and all the churches closed, everything we have opportunity through Zoom programs that we met more people through Zoom, yeah. more than who comes to church. 
Yeah, exactly. That expand uh, the opportunity to share Christ with more. Yes. So, say, uh, we have, like, maybe treble people we reach than we, when we have the church building and we, we meet in person. So now we have that. And also, some of them, they said, oh, after the, 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 we finish the Bible study, can we have, like, sometimes, so we chat together and share, so they share their problems, um, uh, they need prayers. We stay after that maybe half an hour. They bring coffee and we talk on the on the Zoom program and we share things. Wow! So, oh yes, it, it was a good opportunity. Isn't that interesting? That what the enemy made for bad mm-hmm. this this whole um, COVID thing, right. the Lord turned the Lord turned it out to be good. And you know, yes, a lot of the churches were they were closed for several weeks. Some churches um, opened up like you know, in May mm-hmm. and, um, and, but they learn to do zoom and use other medias to pull them together as a church. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and as you say, their church expanded. Right. Um, and, and God bless you guys for hanging in there. And now it's three times bigger, but um, <clears throat> you, are you, are you having church now with both zoom and um, live? No. Uh, our church, uh, the American church, yes, uh, we are we meet with in their facility, but uh, we still on Zoom. They like that. Mm-hmm. They don't want to change now. Yeah. Even yesterday, somebody told me, when we come back to the church, we're going to have it outside, but we will still have Zoom as well. Mm-hmm. So who cannot uh, attend in person can still. So we'll keep Zoom all the time. Oh, good. But that also make another uh, good things from that the Lord gave us. I was planning to have an Arabic master program at Hope International University mm-hmm. to help the the ministers to be more equipped for the gospel. Mm-hmm. So our plan to start on on on, on January two thousand twenty and the COVID came. Mm-hmm. So we cannot be in the school. It's closed. So we have it on Zoom. Wow. Many people overseas who, who want, they want to study with us, they said, oh, we cannot do that because we can't come to the States. Now they enroll in the program Wow! from different countries. We have people from, from uh, Egypt. We have uh, people from uh, the Gulf area, uh-huh. different people. Yes. And this year we have people from Europe, from Canada, so other states. Wow. So it is expanded in everything. <laughs> we love. So God's turned the bad things to good. Yes, and, and you know it's it's interesting. I love that scripture that says all things work together for good yes, to those that good. love God and are called by His purpose. Mm-hmm. And when we think about that, we think, oh well, you know, only the good things will right. turn to good. But really, the bad things, all things, good or bad, will work together for good to those yes. that love him and are called by his purpose. Mm-hmm. And this is a perfect example of what the enemy made for bad right. turned around. So so that's great. Um, I, I I interrupted you. you. It looked like you were going to say something else. Uh, about the school. Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, okay. Now in our hearts also as well, I don't know if this is... Uh, uh, we are planning now to have like a... a a learning center, and wow. uh, yes, and um, hoping that we'll be able to have uh, a place that uh, youth group or families come to stay a day or two to pray. And we have a good experienced leader who has experience for 40 years in prayer. So, wow. yeah, we hope to have this center uh, started uh, soon, in a month or two. That will be strengthen the church, mm-hmm. not our church, all the churches. Because, the church, you yeah. Know, without everyone. prayer, yeah, you yeah. cannot defeat enemy. We right. need people to to kneel and pray to the Lord. Yeah, I I said this earlier. The fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Mm-hmm. And what is a fervent prayer? I mean, it's not like a five minute arrow prayer, a two second arrow prayer. Mm-hmm. It is on your knees and and really deliberately going into prayer and staying in prayer. Um, I remember um, 
my my friend told me that uh, she a person had gone up to the his pastor and said, you know, I've been praying for healing, praying for healing, praying for healing. Right. Nothing's happened. And he said to this man, well, until you've prayed a thousand times, then come back to me and complain or something to that effect. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, the Bible says to ask and it shall be given unto you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door shall be open unto you. And the Bible doesn't say this, but in the in the true meaning of the word, it's not ask, but continue to ask. Mm -hmm. It's not seek, but continue to seek or seeking mm -hmm. it, or knocking. It's a continual seeking, knocking, asking. That's a fervent prayer of a righteous man. Yes. That's that continuing to to lean into God mm -hmm. and asking. And it sounds kind of rude when the pastor says, well, after you've prayed a thousand times, then come back and say, he, he hasn't healed me. And, you know, obviously there are times that God won't heal, like in, in Paul's case. But you cannot give up and stop. But this kind of prayer meeting that you're talking about and gathering together in prayer is so important for the church. Yes. Uh, there's another thing I want to talk about, about this thing. But the prayer, God always answers prayer. Mm -hmm. Even we think He doesn't. He doesn't answer our way. Mm -hmm. In His way. In His and way. His timing. Yeah. And from the first time, if it's according to His heart, the Lord accepts and hears the prayer. Mm -hmm. First time, mm -hmm. if it's according to His will, He will answer it. But when we will see the fulfillment of this prayer happening in His timing, and the way he will answer it, not what we wanted exactly, but it's for good, for our good. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. He's a loving God. Yeah. Yes, he is. Ask and he will give to you. He yeah. will. He will. Yeah, he will. Right. There was two things you wanted to mention. Yeah, you said, what is the second thing? Second one, this, uh, we call it retreat house. It's going to be isolated from any anything outside. It's away in the desert, there is no interruption for anything. So that day, they spend in prayer, or those two days, to be only for prayer. Mm -hmm. For sure, there will be, uh, you know, uh, some breaks, and, you know, they eat food and everything, but they will be led how to pray. And this is what this person is going to help them to do. We need to know how to pray. And this is not easy. You know, mm -hmm. in every church, as we all know, if the church was hundreds of people, and when you ask for a Bible, uh, uh, a prayer meeting, there is just a few people, few show, people up. show up. It's too much work. Yes. We don't want to do any heavy lifting. Mm -hmm. um, I know that um, when I was involved in the ladies' prayer meeting at a, a particular church, it, we would sometimes only get a handful of people, five people. Yeah. Um, occasionally, we would get six to eight people. Mm -hmm. But this was a large church at the time. You would expect to have 25, 30 people, but that's right. not the case. Yes. But go ahead. Yeah, that is a, one of the big problems. We don't know how to pray. We like to pray, but we don't know how. And when you face, because you are and God only. Mm -hmm. So usually when we do prayer in the past, we like give them topics every you know five minutes. Pray for this, pray for that, mm -hmm. to lead them, to show them how to pray. Mm -hmm. But Prayer is sitting and listening. Talk at the first and ask and then listen. Through the Bible, the Word of God will show you how to pray. Mm -hmm. So that is the thing. If we need to learn that, it will strengthen our churches, our evangelism, and will uh, bring more fruits. Mm -hmm. We need to pray and yeah. be on our knees and seek God. Wow, what a good message. Um, thank you, Pastor Raul, for joining us today. And if you're out there listening and thinking, I don't even know this God, or maybe you're a Muslim and you've heard some things that, um, that are hitting your heart and you would like to accept Jesus as your Savior today, I'd like to tell you that Jesus died on the cross for all of us, the whole world, not just for Christians. He died for the whole world. And it's interesting that every single major religion 
has some a little bit of Jesus in it. The Muslims have um, have uh, Isa, Isa, and he, he, it's in their Quran. Yes, um, many other faiths, including Hinduism and everything, has Jesus mentioned. Why don't you just come to Jesus directly? Why wait and just have a little bit of Jesus in your book? Come to him. Jesus is knocking on the door of your heart right now. And if you'd like to accept him as your savior, just a few words. I will follow you, Jesus. That's what the, that's what the, um, <clears throat> that's what the disciples did. Jesus said, come and follow me. And they dropped everything and ran. Mm-hmm. You don't have to do a long prayer. Just come to him now and give yourself to the Lord. I accept you, Lord, as my savior today, Jesus. Today, I'll follow you for the rest of my life. If you have said even that, or you want to say it in your own words, give us a call here at Hope Radio or call us at 951-817-0094. Or you can call, um, go to my website on the road with Jesus, R-H-O-D-E with Jesus. And there's a drop down at the bottom where you can send me a message and say, listen, I've invited Jesus into my heart. Can I have a Bible? Just like what Pastor Raul said, people are asking for them. If you'd like a Bible, we'd be happy to send you one. Give us a call. Thank you for joining us, Pastor Raul, today. And we'll have to have you on again. And thank you, listeners, for joining us and on the road with Jesus. We'll see you next time. We love you. God bless you. Thank you for being here today for On the Road with Jesus with your host, Rhody Fisher. Every week, you'll hear experiences and testimonies from her and her friends as they share their journey with Jesus. You'll see that you're not alone in your search for God, your victories with Him, or your failures. If you have a question about today's show, email Rhody Fisher at rawfisher at ontheroadwithjesus.com, spelled R-A-H-F-I-S-H-E-R at ontheroadwithjesus.com. Or leave a voicemail at 951-817-0094. That's 951-817-0094. On the Road with Jesus is sponsored by Global Expressions Language Project. Learn more at asquaredlamps.org. That's the letter A, squaredlamps.org. Be sure to join us each week at this same time for more On the Road with Jesus. Hosted by Rody Fisher. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.